0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Big League Dreaming, the podcast on today's show. We talked to a pretty cool guest who is following the Notre Dame baseball team during the College World Series playoff. Uh, Zach, I think people will want to tune in to this one, right?
1: Yes, I mean, I learned a lot. Uh, I follow college baseball, but just to have like that
2: expert insider behind the scenes was really cool.
0: And Zane, I think we might have some breaking news on the podcast as well
2: um yeah tom dropped some some little nuggets in there that you guys are gonna like to hear you know ask him about the whole florida state situation so we'll get his take on that you know you're gonna want to stick around and listen to it
0: that's right so we're talking to tom noy he is the uh, baseball writer and columnist at uh, south bend tribune the the insider he is coming up as well as the show all here on big league dreaming the podcast
1: Ever since I was a kid, oh yeah, I was big league dream, I was
2: big league dream, as long as I live, always, I'm big league
1: I
0: never got to bat
1: in the
3: major leagues, I'd have liked to have that chance, just once, to stare down a big league pitcher, I can think you know something he does. Chance to squint at a sky so blue that it hurts your eyes just to look at, to feel the tingle in your arms as you connect with the ball, but on the basis, stretch a double into a triple, and flop face first, wrap your arms around the bag, that's my wish we can sell it.
0: And welcome to another edition of Big League Dreaming, the podcast. So great to have uh, a new guest, a, new, a first-time guest to the show. We're going to introduce him in a second. But first, let me again tell you that Big League Dreaming is a podcast about fulfilling your dreams and taking it to the next level. It's stories about baseball, whether it's professional baseball at the major league level, triple A, double A, single A. Uh, low a, I don't, I don't think we've been to a low a game yet. Uh, on this show, uh, we've uh, covered, uh, college baseball, all different levels. We even dipped down to, um, little league baseball. Yeah. We followed the team from Michigan that went all the way to the little league world series. You can follow all the podcasts, uh, wherever you get your favorite podcast, tune in and listen to that coverage as well all right uh the format of the show it's dad and, and his three sons in this case we got two of the three joining us on the podcast say hello to son number one zach gonzalez the mariners fan
1: yes hey guys happy to be here
0: good to, good to have you and then look who's joining us from south bend indiana it's uh, son number three the red sox fan zane gonzalez how you doing zane
2: what's going on everybody uh it's been a while since i've been on a podcast so i'm excited to get on right before the world series
0: well, one of my favorite podcasts that you and Zach did last year, because I wasn't able to join, was to talk about the College World Series. So we wanted to make sure that we addressed that. And lo and behold, I was coming off that uh, big uh, series in South Bend, where my Chippewas, the Central Michigan University baseball team, uh, battled uh, battles as hard as they could, but didn't quite make it out of there. So um, I am excited to talk about this year's World Series because we've been watching a lot of games this season and are this tournament time and uh, getting excited for Omaha joining us on the show he is from ND Insider his name is Tom oh I hope I don't mess it up here is it Noi Noi there you go Tom Noi a veteran uh, communicator and a journalist who is there is based in South Bend so hey Zane have you and uh, Tom hung out at all you know somewhere (laughs) like at Corby's or something
2: (laughs) No, I I haven't seen Tom at at Corby's at all.
3: (laughs) That's a good thing. That could be a good thing. I'm a a little too old for the Corby's crowd. So I'm also usually when I'm not moonlighting as the uh, columnist and baseball writer for the South Bend Tribune covering Notre Dame, I cover Notre Dame men's basketball and I've covered Notre Dame men's basketball. Now this upcoming season will be my 25th year covering Notre Dame hoops
0: wow i was just looking at your bio and i'm like i think he's as old as i am because you know i was a, a writer for the Grenada press since 1990 you've been at the south bend tribune since
3: 1992 yep so doing a little everything started covering football moved to hockey did not Notre Dame men's basketball went back to football as i do bas- as i do men's basketball and then i started in and sprinkling a little baseball here this year it's a good year to pick up the Notre Dame baseball beat with link chart's been able to do great
0: year. We will talk more about your background in a second, because the part of this show is we like to find out how people landed, you know, in the position that they have and mm-hmm. whatever they're, you know, sports mm-hmm. writers, field operators. We talked to uh, the pitch clock guy with the uh, Charlotte Knights over the last episode of big league dreaming, which was a really informational and, and informative. Um, but uh, let's talk a little bit about Notre Dame baseball, because, you know, a year ago they were so close to making it to the college world series, uh, in Omaha, the finals, uh, Tom, a lot of people didn't predict that they would be able to, to come out of this, you know, and, and take on and beat Tennessee. It just, this is like, it has stunned a lot of people in the baseball world.
3: It has like, there are even people that are, they're closer to the Notre Dame baseball beat than I am. were saying, they have to go to Tennessee and play the number one team in the country, country, play the number one team, the overall number one seed, in the NCAA tournament, they have no shot of going there. Tennessee was 37 and three at home this season. They were 31 and two against non-conference opponents. And you just said it was almost a case where the people that cover Notre Dame and said, if they can keep it close and not let Tennessee get off and do the things that Tennessee does in innings, in ball games, maybe they have a chance, but they go down there the first, the first game and they really take it to Tennessee. And you're thinking, they might have a shot to win this thing and get to Omaha for the first time since 2002. That's what happens.
0: What was the vibe like there, uh, you know, with the team after that first win, that first game, you know, was everyone feeling pretty good? I think they were feeling good even
3: before. Like we talked to the guys the, the, the previous week before they left for Knoxville and Ryan Cole, I specifically asked Ryan Cole. I said, you look at Tennessee and you look at all the numbers, all the stats and all everything that this team has accomplished. And there's a lot of things to be intimidated by. What do you think Tennessee looks at Notre Dame and says, boy, they should be worried. We should be worried about this, about Notre Dame. And Ryan Cole was, was absolutely on it, 100 percent honest. He said, you know what? If I'm Tennessee, I'm a little scared of us right now because we're a dangerous, dangerous baseball team. And usually that's a quote that you, you hear and you see and you're like, that's going right up on a bulletin board. Maybe he shouldn't have said that. Maybe that's speaking out of turn. Maybe it's just a little too much bluster before a baseball series starts. But Ryan Cole says that, says Tennessee should be afraid of us. And the first hitter of the game in the first game, the first inning, the first pitch is Ryan Cole. And he drills a a line drive down the left field line. And that set the tone for the entire weekend to where it was, okay, Tennessee, you may be big, bad Tennessee. And we may just be this little program from, from Northern Indiana, but we're not afraid of you guys, and they played that way for three games.
0: Zach, I know you were raving about Tennessee when you and I watched some of the games. You know uh, this this uh, this year. Um, were you surprised, Zach, that uh, the Notre Dame pulled off this upset?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Because everyone was, yeah. um, but it's also the environment too. There in Knoxville, the these last couple of years, it's just been crazy. If you watch a Tennessee game on TV, the place is going nuts for every single game. So I knew. Not only did Notre Dame have to go in and play the number one team, they had to go into that environment, and like just like what they did last year, going to Mississippi State, um, Notre Dame struggled with that. So I was, was interested to see how they would uh, fare as far as playing at, at Lindsey Nelson Stadium.
0: I would imagine that experience paid off for them, right, Tom? It did. You, you go down to Duty
3: Noble Field at Mississippi State last year. That place holds fifteen thousand. An on-campus Division One baseball f- facility to have 15,000 fans, I think they set a record over a three-game Super Regional Series. They set a record for a fan attendance. So they kind of knew what the SEC was all about baseball-wise, and they thought they were going to be in for a tough time against Tennessee playing at Lindsey Nelson Stadium in front of that fan base. And they heard all the stories about it. And you talked to some of the people over at Notre Dame this afternoon and said, how was the environment? Like, what, what, what was it all about? Was it everything that you thought? Was it everything is as advertised? And they said, you know what? At the end of the day, it really wasn't that bad. Like it was, it was tougher than Mississippi State, but I think they were expecting a lot worse than what they experienced down there over those three games last weekend.
0: I was saying you've uh, traveled the country, you know, playing baseball, coaching baseball. You know, you and I went to the games there when it was at Notre Dame last year. Um, what What are your thoughts about environment?
2: You know, I think I think kind of the real big, you know what sets Notre Dame apart this year from last year was, was going and having that experience, right. Mm -hmm. Going into Tennessee this year, they have that experience of playing in that huge environment. So I think, you know, and they have a lot of returners this year that were there. You know, you have kids like Jared Miller, Ryan Cole, guys that were there last year that have been a part of it, been on that stage have heard those big loud crowds. Now it doesn't get to them right now. It doesn't, now they're not at the plate freaking out like, holy cow, there's so many people making so much noise, I can't hear myself think. But now when you talk to them about Tennessee, I'm sure they're like, I, I didn't even notice it because <laughs> they're so locked in. So I think that that's what's going to set them apart. And what teams are kind of going to kind of really sleep on them is, you know, they're going to look at their numbers and kind of – they're not huge eye-popping numbers offensively. You know, they're Notre Dame's good on the mound. People don't take into account that Notre Dame's played like way less games than everyone just because of climate. You know, their offensive numbers aren't going to be as eye popping, shattering as Texas, as Oklahoma, Stanford, right? Because it's a cold weather game up here. It's a completely different vibe. You got to create, you got to run, you got to bunt, you got to do so many different things that I think a lot of people are going to underestimate Notre Dame.
0: I think there's really interesting fact. I'm, I want to hear what Tom thinks about this, but Zane, you, you and I know that uh, Notre Dame uh, lost their big home run hitter, right? Uh, Nico oh, goes yeah. to the draft last year playing for your Red Sox. Was, he's having a decent year. He's already hit hit eight home runs already, batting about 260, 270. So he's showing some power down in the minor leagues at low A Salem. Um, but Notre Dame's team this year, Tom, doesn't have that big home runner, do they?
3: No, they don't. It's a different kind of lineup. It's a different kind of team. Link Jared mentioned today when we met with him, like they don't have that one big left-handed bat in the lineup that they could rely on like they did with Nico Cavadas. So different type of team. They're not going to hit a lot of home runs. Their, their biggest home run hitter is Jack Zizka. He's got 13. That's the most on the team. Another other guy, Jack Brannigan's got 12. Brooks Brooks Coates, he has 11 and that's it. So they, they play a different style of baseball. It's almost like they play a different kind of game just game to game. Like, what's it going to take? Is it going to have to be the long game? Is it going to have to be the short game? Are we going to have to run a little bit? We saw some of that in Knoxville. So it's like, how do we tailor our game to as to what the opponent's doing, what the opposing pitcher's doing, what the situation calls for, instead of just saying, yeah, we'll get a couple guys on and that number three hitter, Cavadas, he'll come up and hit another 450-foot home run.
0: Yeah, it it changes the game when you have someone that can do that. I'm Obviously, I think as, as a coach, Zane, you know, you're always coaching for the moment, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think having a bat like Cavadas was huge, but, you know, they've been able to really – you don't kind of – each year you don't just say, hey, like this is our guy. We're going to kind of hope for him to come up in the right spots, right? you got to adjust and mold your teams to what you have, right? So your team is going to – and style is going to be different every single year. You just got to, and that's what Link Jarrett does such a good job with. You saw it when he was at UNC Greensboro, right? He was able to mold those teams with the pieces that he had to make them successful. And that's kind of what he's, he's done from last year to this year is he's kind of, okay, we don't have Nico. So we got to find a way to lengthen our lineup and we put the right guys in right opportunities to be successful.
0: Zach, I know you probably have some questions for, for Mr. Noy there. Um, because you follow the college game, just like, like Zane does too. Uh, the Z's, the Z's follows the game. Right. Um, Zach, what, uh, what, what, any thoughts or any questions for, for Tom?
1: Yeah, I guess, Tom, will this be your first time going
3: to Omaha then? Absolutely. It's, it's on a bucket. If, if you're, if you're a college writer covering college sports, like at Notre Dame, it's gotta be on your bucket list. Everybody that that's going there says, and that have been there says it's a, just a phenomenal atmosphere I'm anxious to get to Omaha and see what it's all about. Yeah, I, I, I haven't
1: been yet. It's really high on my list. I know Zane was lucky enough to go with his travel ball team when they played a weekend tournament. It was kind of like in conjunction with the College World Series and whatnot.
3: Yeah, somebody somebody was talking about that today and said they they have like this huge travel ball weekend that coincides with the World Series, which is why like all the hotel rooms, the, the, the price of the hotel rooms out there are just absolutely outrageous.
1: And also I I, I pan this, the, the camera throughout the stadium and you see like all these teams of kids wearing their uniforms. It's like, what's mm-hmm. going on?
2: Yeah, I think when we went, we had to stay like 45 minutes to an hour away from like actual Omaha. Like we stayed way out there. Yeah. That's, that's but crazy. It was, it was a great atmosphere. I mean, I remember going because I was like, what, 14? So I was just a freshman in high school and I remember going and it was one of the coolest things ever and it was the first year of td ameritrade which is it's what charles schwab now yeah it's charles Schwab. So, so yeah it was the first year of the brand new stadium so just seeing all the bells and whistles and the opening ceremonies is what really stands out to me the most it's just like kind of really seeing all those teams in there and then the big announcements and all the teams walking in and the fireworks show and it's just it's a really cool atmosphere and if, if anyone can go you gotta go
0: uh, Tom uh, with ND and we're talking to Tom Noy from uh, ND Insider based in South Bend. He'll be at the uh, college world series this weekend. Um, can you kind of give us a rundown? I, I believe, I believe Notre Dame uh, has that team from Texas, I think.
3: Yeah. Some, some little team. I think they just threw the program together a couple of years ago. Yeah. And Oh, wait, by the way, Texas is making its 38th appearance in the college world series. And yeah. this is their third. Like that's great. Like growing up why I remember watching the college world series. Cause it was like the infancy of ESPN. It was like ESPN one of ESPN's first properties way back in the, like the seventies and eighties. And it was, it always seemed like when the college series roll, world series rolled around Texas was in it. So this is like, this is like one of the premier program college baseball programs in the country that Notre Dame is going to play against.
0: Now they'll play the night game right uh, on Friday night.
3: Yeah, now you know that Notre Dame baseball has arrived nationally because usually if – if I don't think if Notre Dame had done what it did in the regionals in sweeping the Statesboro Regional in three games and then going and beating Tennessee at Tennessee in three games that they would have put Notre Dame in the primetime slot. Notre Dame baseball, based on what they've done, based on the momentum that they have, Notre Dame baseball right now is, is must-see TV, and they're going to get the primetime slot Hopefully, but definitely on Friday, if they win, uh, win on Friday, then they'll play again primetime on Sunday.
0: And the other bracket, the other the two o'clock game is who again?
3: It's uh, let me see. Oklahoma, I want to say Oklahoma, Texas A&M. So it's it's like a, it's like a big 12 invitational yeah. <laughs> along with Notre Dame. Like here's three big, big 12 teams. We'll stick Notre Dame in there as well.
0: And then uh, I don't know who has the other bracket on them. I, I don't have it open on me right now.
3: It is. I don't know what the bracket, Stanford, Arkansas. I think it's Stanford and Arkansas and Old Miss and Auburn. Auburn. So I know, I, I remember there's like, there's just, it's just loaded with SEC teams.
0: Yeah. So it even makes this appearance by Notre Dame that much. I, I, I don't want to say like, uh, you know, the unicorn or whatever. I, I, it, it doesn't seem to, you know, that that's the right way to put it, but it does. Right. Oh, it's
3: odd. And it is absolutely a unicorn because you look at, you look at the way college baseball division one baseball kind of looked at Notre Dame this year because they were ranked as, as high as number one. They spent a lot of time in the top 10. Their RPI was 13, but when it came to the when it came time to select the 16 regionals NCAA selection committee said, yeah, you guys did a lot going 40 and 15. You're 17-3 at home. You're 16-11 in the ACC, but you haven't done enough to host a regional, so we're going to send you to Statesboro, Georgia. So it's just something with it's, – it's, it's kind of a bias that Notre Dame has to fight every year in the NCA as to, hey, you know what? We may have to do all these crazy things to try to get games in in February and March, even sometimes April and May, but at the end of the day, we can play some pretty good baseball up here as well.
0: Has the team already left? Are they, are they there? Are they leave tomorrow?
3: No, they left. They left about, they practiced, they met the media, did their media stuff and left, I'd say, on the charter about 3 three fifteen. So they were going to fly into Omaha, visit Charles Schwab Field, get kind of a feel for the place, and just kind of embrace everything that, that that's going on right now with the program and not be so locked in on, we got to go beat Texas. Which they do. They do. <laughs> how,
0: how do you beat Texas? I mean, I, we can go on about this. I mean, how do you beat Texas? I mean, I, I guess, you know, the way you beat Tennessee, right?
3: Right. You just go play your game. Like you look at, like Link Jarrett said when, when last week when they were getting ready to play Tennessee, if you look at the stats and you look at all the numbers and look at all the stuff that, that Tennessee had done, it could be kind of a little overwhelming, to be honest, with these guys. Like he doesn't want them looking at the – at all the stats and what the, these players are doing and what they just, you know what, their respect, they respect that program, go out on the field and play the Notre Dame brand of baseball. And if they do that and they they hit and they run and they pitch and they kick field and everything, then after nine innings, they'll feel pretty good about what about what their the possibilities of moving on are.
0: I mentioned a little earlier that uh, we would ask you about your background. So uh, are you like myself that the dreamed of playing in the major league ones one day, or did you doesn't, always want to be a journalist? Er,
3: doesn't everybody that play, play, plays baseball dream of playing in the major leagues? I played baseball growing up since maybe the age of five, played all the way through high school. Baseball now, maybe not my favorite sport. I'm still a basketball guy at heart. Obviously, Notre Dame football, you can't live in South Bend with, and not follow Notre Dame football so baseball was a sport that I always played growing up you felt like I I I played in the suburbs of Chicago so yeah I'm gonna play in Wrigley Field one day I was more of a uh, Cubs fan than a Sox fan but then I got smart and said yeah I don't think I'm gonna instead of being a five tool player I don't think they're they're gonna be looking at a one or two tool player I'm gonna do something else instead of playing the game or being in a game I'll do the next best thing and just go cover games
0: so where did you go to college at that then
3: I went to the University of Dayton, graduated in 1990. I spent two years as a sports editor of a small newspaper out in Wilmington, Ohio. And it's funny, the, the first, basically the first job that a job assignment I had covering stuff at the Wilmington news journal was in 1990. I covered the 1990 world series between the A's and the reds also covered the 1990 NLCS when that, when the pirates had Barry bonds and Andy Van Slyke and all those guys. So there's still a little bit of baseball coverage in my background. I've been in like we talked about earlier I've been at or been in South Bend since 1990, 1992 and if there's a sport that's associated with Notre Dame or a high school sport in town, odds are that I've covered it in the 30 years I've been with the paper.
0: Josene and Tom mentioned that you know if you're going to be in South Bend, uh, you're going to be following Notre Dame football but do you think something like this will help elevate uh, Notre Dame baseball to even you know bigger, um, you know, prominence there, in the at least here in the Midwest? Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, I think Notre Dame doing what it's done the last couple of years and with Link Jared around um, has really turned around kind of – I think people are going to actually, you know, seek going out to those games because, you know, you drive by the stadium or if you go to a game in early March, there's hardly anyone there. <laughs> you know, it's just, I mean, that's just the reality of it. It's cold. Not a lot of people go. I think that's going to kind of really start – actually people are going to pay attention to it and be like, oh, hey, Notre Dame's playing. Let's go check it out. Or, hey, it's on ESPN+. Plus. You want to turn on Notre Dame baseball? Like people are going to actually want to do that now. and It's, it's going to be really, really good for not just Notre Dame and South Bend but all the teams in the Midwest that are Division ones. And, you know, Tom, one thing I want to ask you is kind of with Florida State you – know, <laughs> You, you know where I'm going with this. I, I knew this State.
0: was coming up. It had yeah, to Florida come
2: State up. getting rid of their coach. Link Jarrett being a Florida State guy, do you think we're going to hear something?
3: Uh, the minute, whenever it happens, the minute this Notre Dame baseball season ends, Link Jarrett will not, I feel, be the coach of Notre Dame baseball anymore. It's just something where it's been such a rocket rise. Like he came here two years ago, actually it was three years ago, it's always funky because of the pandemic. He coached, yeah. six games, coached six games that first year, and then everything got called off. So, But he came here, and nobody had any idea who this Link Jarrett guy was. Like, who's, who's this guy? UNCG, he's moving from the Southern Conference to the ACC. What he has done has been nothing short of staggering. It's amazing. It's incredible. And the more that he does, the more you, – you, when you're following this program day-to-day, you're thinking – I don't know how Notre Dame is going to wind up keeping him because from a financial standpoint, Florida state baseball or Clemson baseball or Southern California baseball, the three big division one jobs that have openings right now, they can throw a lot more resources, a lot more financial commitment behind those programs than Notre Dame can because you want Link Jarrett to stay at Notre Dame. You want to see him be a regular in the college world series and winning super regionals. But at the end of the day, Notre Dame baseball is behind, will always be behind the Notre Dame football program. Like I've talked about, I have a, my background is Notre Dame men's basketball. When Mike Bray walked in the building in 2000, the athletic director at the time said look at our arena look at it look at the oh, joy wow. center it's 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 needs some work it's got duct tape holding seats together don't worry we're going to get the we'll get the arena taken care of we'll get you a new arena within two years well it took nine years before they <laughs> redid the, the joy center because you have to stand in line at notre dame like if yep. if football needs something and baseball needs something football is going to get it first, second, and third before baseball. So I really liked Lake Jarrett. I think he's a phenomenal coach. He's an even better guy, but it's going to be really hard. If he wants to really maximize his career as a division one baseball coach, he might have to go do it at someplace other than Notre Dame. Yeah. I think,
2: I think as soon as I saw that Florida state opening happen immediately, I think everyone did. It was like, all right, Link's gone after this year because I, I actually knew when Notre Dame hired Link Jarrett, I said, Notre Dame's going to, he's going to turn this thing around. You watch. Mm-hmm. Because when I was a GA, the other GA had come from UNCG. Mm-hmm. He was just a player. He was just, you know, he had injuries or whatever, but he was helping out on the staff with Link Jarrett there. So when he was telling me all these stories about Link Jarrett, Link Jarrett, Link Jarrett, Hey, I was talking to coach Jarrett. I'm like, he keeps talking about this guy. Who is he? Let me go look it up. I'm like, holy cow, this dude has turned UNCG all the way around. And then when Notre Dame hired him, I said, boom,
3: Notre Dame got a guy. There are talented dudes on this roster, whether it's Jack Branigan, Ryan Cole, David Lamana, Carter Putts, And they're really good baseball players. But Notre Dame is in the College World Series really because of Link Jarrett. Like that guy, is, he's just a phenomenal coach. He knows how to connect with his guys. He knows how to how to develop a program to where, like, I think two years before two years before he got here, they finished last in the ACC. And it was it was the minute he got here. He talked about I saw that team in 2020 and he said that was a team that can compete in Omaha. I saw that team in 2021 and he said, I think we can compete in Omaha. And same thing this year, the 2022 team, he said, we've got a chance to get to Omaha Lo and behold, they're sitting in Omaha, Nebraska right now. So is, is Notre Dame a, f- a favorite to, to, to maybe win this thing? I would say yes. No. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, given what they – like, it's it, it was so easy for them. The first week, it was easy to go play because they were so upset and felt like they had gotten so slighted by the selection committee and nobody was really talking about them. Like, wait – we're going to send a team from South Bend, Indiana to go play in Statesboro, Georgia. Nobody paid any attention. Like all those teams, all those games from Statesboro were on ESPN plus. We don't need to see him on ESPN. We don't need to see him on ESPN too. Let's just park them on ESPN plus and make people pay the six ninety nine a month to watch Notre Dame baseball. So nobody had any idea what, about Notre Dame when they won the regional three games in three days. And then the second week, all they had to do was go beat Tennessee at Tennessee. And everybody was like, yeah, Notre Dame, you, you, ha- you won a regional, you had a pretty good season, but good luck. You're going to get your lunch handed to you in Tennessee. And then now all of a sudden they beat Tennessee. And I think they are the national story. Like we've talked about, that's why they're on prime time on Friday. And I think nobody's going to, they're not going to sneak up on anybody in, in, in Omaha right now, because it's like, you better watch this Notre Dame team. Cause if they can do what they did at Tennessee, they can beat anybody and at, in the end 12 days after this thing starts they might
0: be the last team standing well i think that's interesting because that that's, that says that's logic that i think we're coming you're coming from a, a journalist standpoint right it's logic yeah. but from the baseball standpoint i think it's going to take more convincing to than that zane what do you i think you were saying no right did you say no they don't have a chance
2: <laughs> i mean I, I wouldn't say they don't have a chance i wouldn't say they're the favorite that's it i think they're a scary team that if you give them mistakes they're going to take advantage of it yeah you know i think teams are going to have to they're going to realize we got to play some really really clean baseball to beat notre dame but to say they're the favorite it's a little up there but i think they're a team that can surprise a lot of people and go a lot further than people are going to give them credit for
0: how about you zach
2: it's the whole midwest
1: school thing right (laughs) when michigan uh went to the college world series in 2019 nobody expected them to go all the way to the finals to play vanderbilt and then they go to the finals. They win game one against Vandy. <clears throat> and, of course, they lost game two and three to, to Vanderbilt, who won the Cal World Series. But, um, Tom, you mentioned the opening at Clemson. The head coach for Michigan, Eric Bakich, was just announced yesterday that he took the head coaching job at Clemson. Nice. So that's, so,
3: that's off the board, but you got USC yep. and Florida State.
1: Yep. So things are rolling. Um, I mean, I I would love to see a Midwest school do really well at the College World Series. Of course, we always want those teams to do well. But I think that's where that definitely comes into play when you're like, oh, they're not the favorite because they're not in the ACC. They're not in the SEC. Mm -hmm. They're not a big Southern uh, school or even out West Stanford, something like that, who's got that history, right? Of all these, I've been here this many times, this many championships and whatnot. Um, So that'll be exciting. I really hope Notre Dame does well.
0: I do want to touch up one more, one more thing. And, and Tom, we really do appreciate your time here. We, we won't keep you much longer. But uh, Zane, I really want to hear your insight on the recruiting standpoint because we talked a little bit about how, you know, Notre Dame makes it to this level. And then there are a lot of players. I mean, you, that's your job as a recruiter at Indiana University of South Bend, right? So, you know, you have the pool of players that can play at these top programs. It's not very big, right? And then you have, options players are trying to find what schools fit them will something like this help uh, or urge a player to maybe look to other programs outside of those traditional hotbeds
2: yes and no you know i think it's going to definitely drive people more towards notre dame but if link goes somewhere else notre dame kind of just it it all depends who they hire next and you know i think it's going to people aren't going to be as you know, so gung-ho on, hey, I have to go to an SEC school to get to a to Omaha. You yeah. know, the Michigans can make it. The Notre Dames can make it. You know, it's not this and, – and with the transfer portal now, you know, it's just – recruiting's is, is just insane. Like, it's – anyone can really go anywhere and impact a team, and that's all kids really want to do. Is they want to go there, they want to have a chance to win a lot of games, and they want to be the guy. Right, so – I think that's where a lot of it comes in. And I think it's going to help, you know, Notre Dame a lot,
0: depending
2: if Link Jarrett sticks around. Yeah.
0: Well, Tom, anything else you want to add? Uh, you have to get up bright and early tomorrow and we get to see you on, you're going to be on TV, right? No, oh, no, no TV. I got, a, I got a
3: face for radio. So <laughs> I'm, I'm packed for 12 days. I expect to be there for 12 days and we'll see where Notre Dame is when, when everything ends here in late June.
0: Well, we will uh, encourage people to follow you so we can, uh, you know, see see what's happening in real time. You are on Twitter, of course, right? Can you kind of tell us where to find you?
3: Absolutely. Uh, let me see where. Uh, my, what, <laughs> where am I? What's my address? I don't know what my address is. It's at T N D I. All Notre Dame baseball you want to hear, see, learn about at T Noi N D I. You'll get everything you need right there.
0: And of course, uh, Zach and Zane are also active on the Twitter and social media. Zach, uh, what's your, what's your handle again?
1: The mine or the podcast handle?
0: Well, why don't you do both? Cause Ty typically does the podcast handle, but you might as well handle that too for us.
1: Yeah. So our, our Twitter account is big league dream in the podcast at BLDPOD. So you can follow us there. We, um as soon as we drop new episodes, we, we put it on there for everyone to, to, To connect and get those whether it's apple podcast spotify or uh or on youtube directly um so we'll let you know tom as soon as it goes live we'll we'll send it to you there you go my man all
0: right thanks again everyone for joining us thanks to tom Noy from the south bend tribune and the insider columnist and uh men's basketball beat writer and just about uh one of the coolest guys we've had on the show this season (laughs) so thanks again uh for being on with us you got it All right. Take care, everyone. Have a great evening, Zach, Zane. See you later.